The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Today marks the UN International Youth Day and we're going to discuss is Ireland doing enough to convince young people that they should stay here? And I'm joined by Paul Gordon, Director of Policy and Advocacy at the National Youth Council of Ireland. I'm also joined by Ian Power, CEO of Spun Out, which is Ireland's youth information and support platform. And Kira Tracy, a news talk journalist who's aged 23. So she's a young person, thankfully. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're all very welcome indeed. Now, Paul, I'd like to begin, of course, with you. So it is an opportunity, isn't it, to highlight youth because it is the International Youth Day. And what is your take? I mean, what are the challenges that are facing our young people in Ireland at the moment? Well, I suppose, first of all, there are a lot of benefits and, I, and I'm sure you'll you'll hear about some of those shortly. Uh, we do have a low youth unemployment rate. We have, you know, I think a quite a vibrant cultural scene that's attractive to young people. But I think young people in many ways are finding it harder than previous generations. So it might sound like something every generation says that doesn't know how good they've got it. But the, the actual metrics kind of bear it out in reality. So we see a housing crisis, obviously, that is, is really squeezing young people. More young people are, are, are living at home before home ownership among younger people has, has fallen to, to, to really low rates. Um, and many are just struggling uh, to find uh, availability in the housing market, which is the biggest challenge. And we, we hear about young people who emigrate and they don't always paint, paint a rosy picture uh, about price of, of accommodation elsewhere, but they are saying to their friends and colleagues, well, there's actually housing available, uh, which is which is a huge challenge. But we're also seeing that in terms of uh, the cost of living is having a big impact on young people, but, but real wages are actually falling. So a young person aged 26, born in the 90s, is earning less at, at, at the age of 26 than, than their counterparts who were born in the 80s or 70s. So, so realistically, unfortunately, what we're seeing is that young people are having a tougher time than previous generations. And unfortunately, that is, I think, causing a bit of an intergenerational divide. And, and we do really feel at the Youth Council that uh, the government needs to do something to, to help renew a social contract with young people so they feel a connection to Ireland. Right, yeah. How, so housing number one, it looks like to me, from what you've been saying, housing is the big issue for us. And the numbers are amazing. Six in ten still live at home with their parents, you know, and the average age of leaving home is now 28. This seems, now we all know it, of course, anecdotally, but these numbers are really hard numbers now that are there, right? And this seems unprecedented in some ways, isn't it? So, so really we need to do something about that. That's a key issue to try and resolve. It is really. And I think looking ahead, that will cause challenges for young people down the line. We're seeing people who are a little bit older are, 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 are don't own homes. Uh, so that will cause problems later in life. They'll have less security of tenure as, as they as they grow a bit older. It's having an impact, people living at home, on their relationships, on family life. We're hearing about, you know, young people who might want to get married and have children and settle down. But they simply can't because they're they're either living in separate homes with their parents or they're both living in a in, a, in one parental home, which can cause tensions as well. Uh, and that is that is really having an impact. And and I think something really needs to be done to to kind of demonstrate to young people in the short term, but also in the long term, that that, that greater efforts need to be made to ensure that they they, they feel comfortable here. But also that, that kind of critical investment in infrastructure. So things like public transport, we have a public transport system that was probably designed for a, a population of four million people. And we're realistically at five million people now. We have a growing youth population uh, and they need to be really served. And we really hope this year in the budget, the government will, will do something. To we'll support do something. Them. Exactly. Another fact I read there was Ireland, compared to other countries, Ireland has the biggest gap in home ownership between younger and older people in Western Europe. So the data backs this up and that may, that might make another country more attractive because if it's so hard to do it here I guess is one reason why we might why people why they might want to emigrate. 
Absolutely. And that gap is growing. So that's grown by 15% in the last few years. So between uh, those under 40 and over 40. So that is something that... um, is really causing people to look to, to, to look elsewhere. We've we did research last year uh, among eighteen to twenty four year olds that showed more than seven and ten would consider emigrating for a better quality of life. And people might say, well, look, oh, young people always think about moving ab- abroad. They'll come back. They'll see opportunities. But what's different now is that we do have really low levels of youth unemployment compared to the past. So often people were maybe driven abroad by lack of jobs. Now there are opportunities here. They mightn't be as 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 well paid as people would like, but there are opportunities here, um, and unfortunately, uh, they're looking elsewhere. So we have to look into the into the the reasons behind that. And housing is one of the drivers of it. We yeah. did a a similar poll in 2012 when we were still in the teeth of recession, and one and two were considering considering emigrating. So we really need to look at why that has grown at a time when the economy is is effectively booming. Yeah, so and, well, and, yeah. yeah. Right. And Ian, I might bring you in. I mean, there's a mental health question here as well, isn't there? Because if young people feel they can't progress in their lives, they feel stuck here in various ways, that will have various knock-on effects for their their mental health and well-being, won't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, you mentioned that young people, the average age of leaving home now is, is 28, 28.3 years. And like that feeling of maybe not progressing, not having that independence, um, that's having a big impact on people's sense of self and sense of, of well-being. Um, and I think, you know, to I agree with everything that uh, Paul has said, you know, like the, the issue really is about the quality of life. You know, Ireland has really come such a long way, right? You have to acknowledge the incredible progress economically and socially over the past 30 years. But unfortunately, that inter- intergenerational gap and equity gap is still widening because unfortunately we're not feeling the same quality of life perhaps as as people um, would expect us to have you know you're talking about in order to being able to afford nice accommodation here in any of the major urban centres, you know, you have to generally share with three or four people. You're not able to kind of develop your own independence and, and kind of independent living. Um, you know, you may be, if you're looking to to save for a deposit for a house, for example, um, you may have to move back in with family if you're lucky enough to do so in order to be able to, to support that, particularly if you're a single person um, or have to be in a relationship if, if you know, you're trying to afford to, to kind of save up that deposit. So it's really much more about the quality of life, um, I think, uh, in in terms of why young people are perhaps looking at other places. Um, You know, you might spend the same amount of money on the cost of the accommodation, but actually the the quality of it is better. Um, You know, it can be just as difficult to find accommodation abroad. You know, I had a friend in Melbourne last week trying to find something, um, you know, and it was quite difficult. But once they found something, they found something of really good quality, whereas I don't necessarily think the same can be said for rental accommodation in Dublin in particular. Right. And I think ultimately as well, you know, what, what gives rise to a lot of kind of the anxiety and stress that young people are looking at Ireland um, and thinking about it, it's the uncertainty, you know, like even if you're thinking about in that context of housing, for example, if you live in Berlin or New York, you, you, can, you can acquire a rental property and have some certainty of tenure, whereas in Dublin, it's a really volatile market and also you have very little protection. So you could be forced to, you know, within a very short space of time, find somewhere absolutely uh, different to live. So I, I do think that 
you know, we, we need to kind of examine as well, as Paul was talking about there, the pay. You know, we're, we're talking about a generation of young people for the first time that is actually going to be overall worse off than the generation that's gone before it in terms of our parents. And that's a lot to do with job security. You know, so our, our jobs may be better paid, but they're not actually as secure, perhaps, as they were in the past. Um, and similarly as well, there is stagnant wages in a lot of sectors. Um, and particularly, for example, if you look at the case of nurses, it's really difficult to recruit nurses on the eastern seaboard at the moment in Ireland because, you know, the, the salary is just not matching the cost of living, whereas, you know, it might be a little bit more um, possible in, in other parts of the country. So, you know, especially in healthcare, for example, you know, the working conditions can be better. So you can see why a lot of young people are going away to Australia and Canada and other places to work in conditions that are going to be better for their health and well-being as well. So all of these things, I think, really do contribute to kind of young people's overall sense of, of well-being and what it is that they want for their lives. Right. Yeah, I did see a statistic as well there that the wages issue is a huge one, isn't it? Because uh, strangely, people born in the 90s by age 26 are earning less than people who were born in the 70s or 80s relatively. So in other words, the pay per unit time or whatever is less now than it was yeah. for people born earlier. That's a big thing. And wh- why has that happened, Dean, is the question. Because I'm wondering... Yeah, you know, I mean, I- I guess, you know, it's the fact that the purchasing power essentially is diminishing um, of the wages that we're earning today. And so, you know, if you look even to, to for for example, teachers, you know, they're, they're moving to other environments where, you know, the, the pay may be relatively similar, but the purchasing power of that, that pay is actually greater. And so, again, it affords them a better quality of life. Um, and, and so, you know, at the moment, what we're seeing is there's massive advances in, in various different sectors. There's there's huge disparity between sectors in terms of pay. If you look at, for example, you know, some sectors like technology um, versus healthcare, you know, arguably which one is, is the most important and yet which one is the where one where, you know, folks can command the, the really high uh, wages. And so, you know, we have to kind of be concerned about what are the, the careers that actually we need most as a society and what value are we willing to place on them? We had a conversation about that, I think, during the pandemic. I don't think it's been resolved. Um, and, you know, I think it, it's something that we really do need to, to look at. In the UK, for example, um, you know what they did, they set up a, a commission to look at intergenerational equity and to see, you know, the social contract is fundamentally broken, I think, in terms of, of young people at the moment and what can we do to try and renew that? And they put together a group of folks to, to look at all of the issues and to try to put together a plan because we can we can just watch this happen and obviously we're in a perfect storm at the moment because we've had, you know, a decade of underinvestment in social services and in housing development, all that sort of thing. So we are kind of in that eye of the, of the storm at the moment, but really what we have to be doing is planning for 10 years, 15 years down the line. And if we want to stem the problem from getting worse, we really have to to be a bit strategic about it. Um, You know, for example, the deficit in the social insurance fund, you know, in terms of the state pension, you know, can young people expect a state pension when they retire in 30, 40 years? I think that's quite unsure at the moment. It's not something that every young person is thinking about, but it's definitely something that government should be thinking about. Right. And please send in your texts. We're getting loads of texts coming in. I'm going to read out a couple now because it's a very hot topic, especially young people and parents. Please send us in your opinion on this question. Is Ireland appealing enough for young people? In, In my case, I worry because I'm in a university and my biggest fear is we lose our brightest and best, which would be very bad for 
our country. And one statistic I read, a third of working graduates under 35 are working in jobs that do not require their qualifications. Now, that seems to me to be another worrying trend, right? In other words, why would a young person stay in Ireland with a degree if they can get a better job from that degree elsewhere, I guess? Absolutely. Uh, and that's a really concerning stat to hear. Um, and I think to, to your point, Luke, I mean, we really see as a, as a nation, we, we invest in young people through education. And unfortunately, it's a net loss if we have qualified people leaving the country elsewhere because they simply can't afford, afford accommodation here. They're not getting the same opportunities. We also have to think about people on low pay as well. So yep, young, young people under 25 are, are far more likely to be on lower pay on temporary contracts. We have a situation where under 20s, for example, actually uh, don't aren't entitled to the full minimum wage. So an 18-year-old uh, doing the same job as a 20-year-old will earn €4,000 less in a year. So we really need to address those fundamental inequalities. Very unfair, isn't it? Absolutely. Now, some of the texts, uh, it's ridiculous that you need to be pretty much in in a relationship to even have a hope of home ownership in Ireland. I'm single and that means I'm I'm more so looking for someone to go halves on a mortgage as a partner's most redeeming quality. That's from Katie. Uh, I used to live in London and feel Ireland has more to offer here, but it's still tricky regarding quality of life here because the cost of living is astronomical. That's from Louise. Now, Kira, I must turn to you to give us a little bit of hope, shall we say. So, yeah, no. <laughs> so you, you, you like living in Ireland, right? I do, actually. I would echo what Louise just said there. Um, I come from London to Dublin. I've been here a year now and I have to say it's been the best year of my life. Um, I have to say I'm very lucky when I moved over here the biggest issue I faced was accommodation but I was so lucky that I had family over here. I'm half Irish um, and a lot of my family is still in Dublin so I had that kind of safety net uh, which a lot of people don't you know. Uh, So that was very lucky. Um, However the year I've had has been amazing like Croke Park. I've just got back from it all together now, just about recovered from it. There are so many opportunities for young people here. I just got into sea swimming, which has changed my life, which I was talking to Paul about earlier. Like it's phenomenal. Like there are just so many opportunities and I do feel like I'm really lucky. And to be honest, I don't see myself moving back to the UK anytime soon because, you know, I'm very lucky. I've got my family here. I've got my job. Thank God now I have managed to find a house to rent. And yeah, I feel like, you know, yeah. I'm in a positive space here. Right. Yeah. My, my son said he loves living and he's 23. And he, yeah. I asked him about this item. I thought he might say, I'm emigrating immediately. But he said, no, he said it's really good in Ireland for That's him amazing. anyway. And and I, maybe it's because I'm subsidising, of course. <laughs> but, um, but even still, I, I, even outside that, he said to me, no, no, he said there's many great things for young people to do here. Yeah. And, and his point was actually that people are nice. Yes. <laughs> or in a general 100%. sense. Would you agree with that? Yeah, there is such a feeling of community, like wherever you go. And I've had the best crack, you know. Uh, I've travelled around the country in the last year and from Limerick and Cork and Galway. It's just been amazing like the hospitality and I remember just the friendliness even when I moved over to Dublin like I know <laughs> Dublin gets sticks sometimes but I've just had the best best time and you know whether I'm at the Aviva for a rugby game or Croke Park for like a, a gar game it's, I've the opponents, you know, all the supporters are all friendly and it is just that kind of sense of right. community, I think. And know. among your friends, right, mm-hmm. who, who are, have lived in Ireland all yeah. their lives, yeah. is there still positivity among them overall, do you think? Or are you, would you hear, oh, emigration? And yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. Like one thing that really struck me when I moved over here was the amount of people moving away to Australia, like friends of friends, like, oh, I'm going to, a, one of my friends is going to Oz, we're doing a leaving party for them. And I think all my friends from college have stayed in the UK. So I, it's so, you know, less common to hear, oh, I'm moving to Australia. Oh, if anything, I probably bucked the trend by moving over here, you know, out of my friends. Uh, So that was really 
interesting. And I know that that's the thing, you know, generational thing of moving elsewhere. My cousin's studying medicine in Galway and she said, as soon as I've got my degree, like I'm going to Australia because there's more opportunities. Like two of my housemates at the moment as well, they're 26 and this is the first time they've ever moved out of their family home. Like, and I'm very lucky again, you know, I've moved out for college when I was 18 and ever since I've been dotting about like I haven't been dependent well, on Well, I parents. guess emigration isn't a bad thing necessarily, isn't it? But as long as no, they come back, absolutely. that's what strikes me. We exactly. want people to live their lives and travel and yeah. bring back that experience and maybe some training or come back to Ireland. 100%. I mean, one of my fears with this item is they won't come back yeah. because they realise that housing is still rubbish, you know. In other words, things haven't got better. So things have to get better. Isn't that right? In other that's words, true. to attract the ones who've gone away to come back again, right? That's it. And it's really, you know, emigration will, will always be a feature of life and it brings huge positives in terms of people learning new skills. Uh, but we would like them obviously to 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 come back and it is it is a challenge increasingly to keep young people here is is what we're hearing um so it's something that we feel really needs to be i suppose addressed both in the short term but in the long term in terms of making it more attractive and that it should be a choice to emigrate rather than people feeling forced as such and i think that's really where the rubber kind of hits the road yeah now loads of texts are you ready i'm going to read some of that so so rosie says young people have never had it better the educational opportunities travel opportunities etc we didn't have those kinds of options when we were growing up I'm in my late 60s and wish I had those chances in my 20s and that's I guess older people's view my memory is by the way when I graduated in 85 from Trinity half my class emigrated there was nothing here you know so so things were pretty bad in the past as well Uh, another one my daughter is in her mid-20s and would love to buy but she is stuck house sharing with five other people with no prospect of ever owning her own home that's from Deirdre in Cork Uh, another one I have encouraged my kids early 20s to consider moving to the likes of Australia or Canada where they can have a better quality of life and more likely than not higher wages and that goes back to the wage question I guess that's Danielle in Galway um, another one your contributors are talking about how young it is now or how young it is now on young people when I came out of college in the 1970s we had unemployment levels of almost 18% inflation at 20% we built our house in 1979 we got married we'd one bed one set of blinds you know sometimes you just have to cut your cloth to suit your purse that's Tony and Monaghan so I guess that's another interesting viewpoint, isn't it? In other words, it wasn't always great, was it? You know? No, and I don't think anybody's saying that. I think what's coming through in the text is that it's actually a pretty, it's a pretty nuanced picture. But what I would say is that the stats bear out that while young people maybe have a lot more opportunities than they might have in the past, basic needs like housing and real wages are behind and the stats back that up. Yeah, exactly. Now, Paul, what can we do? Because I know you've got a campaign afoot now to try and convince the government to respond to this, what, what you see as a real crisis, right? So so, so what, what has to happen in the next, say, year, two, so, three years? So this year for the budget, we're calling for uh, £265 million, uh, investment uh, in young people. Now, that sounds like a lot, but it's one euro in every 20 of the uh, expenditure package announced. So that would look at investment in, in making public transport cheaper for young people. We know that that is a big cost compared to the rest of the population investing in uh, in housing and homelessness. We've seen a big increase in youth homelessness in the past two years, 95%, which is really concerning. Uh, investing in youth organisations, in youth work organisations, which provide really vital community, uh, non-formal education and training for, for young people and, and really is a transformative experience for, for many. Um, so those are some of, the, some of the key areas that we're, we're calling for investment in this year. Um, and we really think that that is needed to, to I suppose, demonstrate that the government is committed to building a social contract, uh, is committed to, to 
uh, bridging any kind of intergenerational divide because I don't think anybody wants to see that. Uh, but ultimately, if there is that drift and you see that, the, the stats you mentioned, Luke, the kind of divide in home ownership between over 40s and under 40s, if that continues, that may happen. So we really yeah. need to address that, nip that in the bud. Yeah, one, one comment actually. If, if supports to buy houses were available to first-time buyers to buy second-hand homes rather than just new bills, housing would be more attainable. That might be another possibility, I guess, with the housing crisis. Kerry, you got to leave us with something somewhat positive. <laughs> you, yeah. You, you think Ireland's a great place I to do. be for a young Honestly, person. Genuinely, best year of my life. The people are fantastic. There are so many opportunities for music and sport and culture. I've done so much. I love where I work. Have to plug. <laughs> well, you would say that. You're yeah. in the new stock studio, aren't <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and honestly, I don't see myself leaving anytime soon. So I feel so grateful. I'm by family. I've never felt closer to my Irish identity. Uh, and I feel like that's just going to go stronger and stronger. So hopefully that's, uh, that's the positive stuff. note we are looking for. <laughs> Thank you very much, Kira, And a big thanks to Paul, a voice for the youth of Ireland with the National Youth Council. Thanks very much, thanks Ian very Power, much. as well. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.